Okay, GM. GM, GM. Welcome back to the PPC Mastery Podcast. This is episode number two? three. Three. Well, basically uh, number two. But yeah, if you don't count the, the intro. Small, yeah, yeah, we had a small intro. Exactly. <laughs> so in this episode, we're going to talk about how to acquire customers or clients as a, as a freelancer, as mm-hmm. agency maybe as well. And I think we want to do that by explaining what our stories are from getting clients for ourselves and some strategies in how you can get clients as a freelancer, but also mm-hmm. how to retain them. Maybe we'll cut it up in, in the next episode, talk about that as well. But yeah, I think today we're just going to be talking about our stories, how we got our, our clients, how we do sales, business types, etc. Mm-hmm. So maybe you can kick it off with the story of how did you get your first client? My first client. <laughs> my first client. Well, that's that's a while ago. Yeah. I guess my first client came in seven years ago, maybe mm. even eight. Nice. I think eight years from 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 today. And actually, my first client came in from a freelancing platform called Freelancer.nl. Maybe okay. you maybe you know the no, the know. freelancing platform. Mm-hmm. So when I first started out freelancing, I basically started out freelancing as a side hustle. Yeah. So I was working at an agency full-time and then in the evening hours and in the weekends, I started out freelancing. I think I explained that in a previous episode and I got my first client through a platform called freelancer.nl and that's where a lot of companies, especially small size companies, basically create an advert where they are saying, hey, I'm looking for a online marketing specialist or a Google Ads specialist in particular for this case. This is my budget. This is what I need. And you were able as a member of the platform to basically send over a offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you had to compete with other Google Ads specialists as well. So I got my first client, I think my first two clients from that particular platform where I basically lowballed my offers yep. <laughs> because I just wanted, I wanted to start off gaining some traction. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get in some clients, some names, some, some experience already. Um, so yeah, it was, it's kind of boring, but this platform really, really helped me to, to, to kickstart my freelancing journey. So after I got my first clients, that's when I started experimenting with some other organic, some organic strategies as well. So what I'm really fond of, and I'm, I'm still fond of that strategy is using LinkedIn Mm -hmm. organic search. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are still not using that tactic properly. And I was I guess one of the first ones that really leveraged the search function within LinkedIn, where you can actually search on content instead of people, Mm. uh, where you can then sort, sort based on the, 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 the post date of someone that posted, Hey, I'm looking for a Google ads specialist, or I'm looking for a SEA specialist Mm. or a Google ads or AdWords freelancer. So I had this big list Mm. of all of the keywords that people could possibly use inside of their LinkedIn post. And that's where I got my next three clients from. And from that point, I had like five or six clients already, Mm. which came in sort of organic. At Mm. least I didn't have to pay a lot of money for them to, to, to get in contact with them, to acquire them. Yeah. So uh, yeah, (laughs) those are my first clients really interested in how you got your first client yeah it's uh, sort of similar but not exactly the same but i went on indeed which is indeed.nl yeah job board in the netherlands yeah. and i looked i was still working at an agency so mm. i was also trying to get my first freelance client on the side and actually <laughs> they told me that i was not allowed to do it so really yeah i, I asked them can i 
Yeah. I'm thinking about doing like a little side hustle and can I do it? And they, they went to talk about it with the board and everything. And mm -hmm. then they told me first, they thought they said, yeah, I think it's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. No problem. And then once I actually landed the client, I said, yeah, I, I, I got a client. I didn't mention the name, but they, they then told me that I wasn't allowed to do it. Yeah. So was it because of a conflict of interest or what was I the just, reason? I think yeah, I probably something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm working at agency and they don't want yeah. the people to work with clients because potentially they could work for them as well. But yeah, anyway, I don't know exactly the reason, but I did it anyway. <laughs> yeah. I was like, <laughs> fuck this. <laughs> So what was your, your reaction to? I was pissed. Yeah. I was really angry. I was really pissed. I was like, I was already thinking about leaving. And then they told me I couldn't do it. And if you tell me that I can't do something, <laughs> I'm going to do it. So you cannot tell me what I can, I cannot do. So, so you must be a difficult kid. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> to, yeah, to absolutely. Ask my mother, ask my girlfriend, ask my brother, ask everybody. Yeah. No, but yeah, I, I was, I was furious and I, and I thought, yeah. Suck it. I'm yeah. going to do it anyway. I'm going to freelance full-time. I'm going to freelance full-time. But yeah. first, uh, the, uh, the client that I got was through Indeed, which is a job board, job board in the Netherlands for yeah. those who don't know. And I looked for jobs that were already open for a, a few months. Regular job openings. Mm. So not freelance positions, but just regular jobs. Mm -hmm. And then I emailed them asking like, okay, I see you have this job opening. I can maybe help you out on a freelance basis. I had a reduced hourly rate as well back then. Mm. And I said, Maybe I can I can help you out until you find someone to come work in your team. Yeah. And as you know, the Google Ads market is still very, very hot. Very hot yeah. And it's hard to find good specialists. So I ended up working with that first client, which was Lead Stores from uh, Kamal Tas. Mm -hmm. I ended up working with him for I think year, year and a half or so wow. until they finally until we finally split it up. So mm -hmm. uh, that was that was the story of my first client, just so, by being so bold. So did you kept working for them when they even hired a Google Ads specialist when they found one or? Did you basically end your contract when they found a full-timer? Yeah, exactly. I ended the contract before before that. It was other oh, reasons okay. why why uh, why I left there. But yeah, yeah. In the end, they ended up hiring wow. someone. So it was still a one one and a half year period that yeah. you okay. Wow. Yeah, and it was really nice because yeah. they allowed me to work with them on the side when I was working in an agency. Mm -hmm. I got trust and confidence that this was actual actually possible mm -hmm. and then after that i started to get more clients through like you said linkedin as well mm -hmm. uh, got a recruiter that reached out to me with the with the big job i think i mentioned in the last podcast at ring mm -hmm. and then after that it was all all inbound so did they did the recruiter tr try to hook you in with a, a job offer or no freelance freelance yeah interim okay yeah, What's yeah. He just said uh, yeah i have this interim job 32 mm -hmm. hours per week or 36 which was really big and uh, he asked if I was available and I, I actually quit my job on that day. So uh, <laughs> I was, I was available. Yeah. I'm available. Like, let's go. It was meant to happen. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, so did you do a lot of interim work in the past, in, in the beginning, or did you find a lot of clients, like a mixed bag of clients, low value clients, high value clients yeah. right from the start? How did your client composition portfolio look like? Yeah. The first client that I got was that stores, like I said, mm -hmm. which is pretty big eight figures company yeah a lot of different stores in all over europe that was the first one then i got ring ring is also a really big brand like they were already bought by amazon for i think billion dollars or so like a few <laughs> years ago yeah before a few years before that yeah and they were at shark uh, in shark tank so i had already a portfolio of, of big clients even though it was small portfolio mm -hmm. but then i through LED stores, I was actually working with a Google team and this was the best Google team that I've ever worked with. I know everybody's always hating on the Google reps and oftentimes rightly so, but this team led by Axel and later on Julia was in that team as mm -hmm. well. 
Uh, they they really helped me because Axel referred me then from Let Stores to Exter, mm -hmm. and Exter I'm still working with them now, and yeah, it's so so much fun I, to work I with also these work guys. With these, uh, with these guys, yeah, yeah, for my biggest client. Nice, I also really. Work with them. Yeah. Uh, we have to talk a little bit yeah. off off camera. <laughs> nice. They're great people. Great yeah, people. yeah, yeah. And he, yeah. he helped me. He referred me to Exter, and yeah. then my portfolio grew, and then mm -hmm. you know everything started to spiral into more and more clients from there. So I think referral was really important. But mm -hmm. those type of clients that I got from that Google team were all like those big ones, you know. Mm -hmm. So I had a few smaller clients as well, but my portfolio was usually already filled up because. All of the clients were like really big spenders. Mm. So you you had to make a lot of hours in on a weekly basis mm. already, right? So you couldn't yeah. handle no ten more. plus clients. No, exactly. No. I think at the most I had like big ones. five or six. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe seven sometimes with a few smaller ones next to it. But how was that for you then? Because I know you had at some point like twenty plus clients or something mm, no i think close to 20 mm. on my highest point my close to burnout point yeah <laughs> highest point or like uh, lowest point yeah so my my path went the yeah went a little bit differently yeah so i started out freelancing in the evening hours mm. uh, that's when i managed to get like up to six seven clients from all of these organic inbound like yeah. platforms like linkedin freelancer.nl I even started out a small Google Ads campaign for myself, which also worked great. But once I made the switch from basically quitting my job full-time at the agency and then starting out freelancing full-time myself, I still had this gap of, I guess, two, three days a week. Mm. I had like two or three, three days a week filled with these clients. And that's when I was offered a interim job at a big agency in the southern part of the Netherlands. And that's when I moved over there. And actually, I first started out on a two-day-a-week basis, then managed to grow to a three-day-a-week basis because they really needed the amount of hands yeah. that, like, the very big Dutch clients that, that well, they had to run the ads for. They mm -hmm. didn't have the personnel. They really had problems hiring and had to basically educate some other Google Ads specialists on the job as well. Great. So that's when I took the remaining part of the freelance clients that I started working for and moved them to my weekends. Mm. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I can do this extra day a week. No problem. <laughs> so that's when the journey started. Uh -oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh -oh. But that job basically ended at one point in time. I worked there for, I guess, seven, eight months. So mm. quite a long period for an interim job or not. Depends what you're used mm. to. But for, for, for me, it was a long period yeah, yeah. and after that once the interim job ended i was like oh wait a minute i'm now used to these sick revenues right mm -hmm. from the start basically working my ass off six days seven days a week yeah. and if one of these bigger interim jobs just well mm -hmm. disappears mm -hmm. then that's a big hole in your yeah. in your revenues yeah. monthly revenues and just looking at the 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 um, the clients in particular, the, the freelance clients I had personally, that was already doing great revenues on a month already, yeah. but it didn't felt that way. It was like, okay, if they stop right now, that's a 50% cut in my revenue. Yeah. And I do not want to, to, to have this again in the near future. Yeah. So that's when I said no to every single interim job available, since I wanted to have this mixed mm -hmm. bag of high value, mm -hmm. low value clients mm -hmm. to basically spread around the the risks 
yeah. and really happy with that decision ever since. So yeah, how, how did you do that? Because you 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 worked for all of the bigger clients until well last year recently. recently yeah, yeah. Um, Weren't you afraid <laughs> of these these well these risks? Not really, because I think this is also the difference between between us yeah. and how we how we look at risk. Yeah. <laughs> this is, I think we can speak about this for a whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually quite an interesting topic, I think. But no, I, I always looked at it from a perspective of if a client goes away, yeah. then I always had the feeling that I can get a new client within a week. Yeah. To some people that might sound arrogant, but I'm just being realistic, looking at how the Google Ads market is. Mm -hmm. And if you are a good Google Ads specialist and you already have like a name, if you're new, then of course you need to build up your portfolio. Mm -hmm. But I had already worked at an agency for two and a half years. With 50, connections. Yeah, with 50 yeah. plus clients there, had connections. Mm -hmm. Then I was freelancing, had build up, built up really nice connections. People were referring me. I was already saying no to a lot of jobs because I was just full. So mm -hmm. I was either saying no or pushing them to other Google Ads specialists. So... I never really had that feeling of, oh, what if one goes away? Because I always felt like, yeah, I can just fill it up. Yeah. And also sometimes it's nice if a client falls away because then you have a little bit more time to think, to see clearly where you want to go. Mm -hmm. Do I actually even want to work as many hours that I'm, mm -hmm. that I'm working? All these things. So sometimes other people have the, have to make these decisions for you. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how it works. Yeah, for sure. But you, you mentioned that your, your focus is, a lot on, on inbound, mm -hmm. uh, would you, yeah, what would you recommend to, to somebody starting out now, maybe someone, because we, we get these messages a lot from people yeah. that are working in agencies with the same background as us. And then they say, yeah, I'm working here now two, three, four, five years. Mm -hmm. How can I start freelancing? What would you recommend to them? Yeah, I, re I, re I really think it's a personal thing. I absolutely despise doing sales. Outbound yeah. sales, that's yeah. the one thing I hate most. Mm. So I, I haven't done any outbound sales at all. Mm -hmm. I haven't done any outbound at all to, to, to obtain clients yeah. at least. So everything that I did was basically focused around inbound. So I think that's the, it's the best strategy because mm. there's already some great intent at people that are looking to work with you already. So a lot of people contacting me right now they are already sold on the idea i want to work with bob or mm -hmm. i want to work with miles mm -hmm. instead of instead of when you are the guy yeah. reaching out to them by telephone by mail hey i'm yeah. this google ads specialist yeah. how are your ads doing can i perform a free audit i'm not saying that doesn't work mm -hmm. uh, but it's not just my kind of style yeah. so if you want to be aggressive mm -hmm. uh, and if you want to grow real fast then i think doing outbound sales it's a great tool, mm -hmm. but you have to be the kind of person to do it. Yeah. And I'm really off the camp of consultative selling. Mm -hmm. So I really like to be that honest consultant yeah. that sells based on the stuff the client actually needs. Yeah. And that has worked wonders for me. Mm. So I'm not doing, I haven't changed anything at all because that was my success formula. And what does that yeah. look like for you? What do you mean with consultative selling? So it's process. not really looking at the stuff you 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 can sell or you can mm -hmm. do for the account. Oh, this client isn't doing YouTube or this mm -hmm. client isn't doing upper funnel at all, or they're not doing remarketing or they should do a PMAX when it isn't a logical thing to do for them. That's not how I look at accounts or proposals. I look at, well, what are you doing right? What's going, what's going wrong? Mm -hmm. Where can you improve? And basically that was my plan. I, I created a game plan 
on all of the specific parts within the account, mm -hmm. within the strategy, within the tactics where the account could improve on. And I basically wrote this long strategy game plan document, which basically gave the information where I gave the information free, yeah. free of charge, because mm -hmm. I haven't, I, I didn't solve on that a specific moment. Yeah. But since, since I did it this way, it, it was, yeah, clients immediately trusted me mm. like, oh, this guy is, is, is doing the best for me and for my account instead of just running through a list of, hey, I can, we can do this upper funnel campaign where I can buy you a million impressions for 5,000 euros. Yeah. Or if you want to go for 5 million, it costs a thousand euros per month. That's not how I, how I like to approach things. Yeah. So I really, I was really honest with myself and with the clients and basically then looked at my game plan. Okay. If I want to roll this out for this client, what is it going to cost in terms of hours? What was, what was my hourly rate back then? Back then I was working with hourly rates and fixed, uh, fixed fees as well. Yeah. And it just, yeah, it just worked for me. Yeah. So I haven't changed it at all. And yeah. how did you kick that off with the audit? Yeah. And then yeah. Basically always audit. audit. Yeah. Always audit. Yeah. yeah. Un unless of course an account is new, but mm. almost <laughs> nine, nine of 10 times an account has an history or yeah. they have done some Google ads in the past. Yeah. Yeah. That was my target audience as well. People that, that, mm. that had some mm. knowledge of Google ads mm -hmm. where I could easily spar, spar with. That was a great, yeah, great potential client, great yeah. clients to, to chat with as well. Instead of, well, a client that doesn't know anything about Google ads. But you have to tell them every single thing. Yep. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think the nice thing about inbound, as you also describe it, is exactly the same for me. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do cold emails or cold calling. I, I really hate it. I don't even want to do regular calls <laughs> <laughs> anytime at all. You uh, saw the great post by Alex Becker, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's get on a call. Nope. nope. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I, I try to limit my calls to as few as possible yeah. in a week, but. It's different when you do inbound, inbound because then, as you said, people are already sold on you. And then mm -hmm. the sales quote unquote call is not even a sales call. It's just no, it's consult. Yeah, yeah, it's a consult. And you have to discover whether you want to actually work with them. Mm -hmm. And if you can help them, that's mm -hmm. also the thing. Cause I've also had many cases where I felt honestly like, no, I'm not the right guy for you right mm -hmm. now. Maybe they were st starting out. I don't work with starting up brands that are starting mm -hmm. out. Only uh, what you also said, like brands that are more into the scaling side. Mm -hmm. Then I said, I'll be honest, I'm not the, the right guy for you right now. I will for forward you to someone who might be able to help you. Mm -hmm. That creates trust as well, that you're not just in it to grab all the money that you can, um, mm -hmm. but you're also being honest in who you want to work with and, and who yeah, not. Yeah, and I think that's the best strategy for the long run, because mm -hmm. if you just grabbing money every way you can, mm -hmm. you, you, you end up with a client portfolio uh, that every morning when you open your MCC, you're like, oh man, I'm, I, I do not want to work for this account. Yeah. Why did I, why did I solve this guy? Yeah. So yeah, I, I had these moments in the past, mm -hmm. but I really learned from these kinds of choices in the first couple of, I guess, three years mm -hmm. because I was so tied to the revenue st stream. Like, yeah. oh, I, this client isn't a great fit and it's, it's costing me a lot of energy to work on these accounts, to chit chat with these, with mm -hmm. these owners. Uh, but yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't stop because of the revenue. Yeah. That's, that's when I, well, I think three years ago, I, I started to make a shift because I was working towards this burnout. I was mm -hmm. like, okay, now I have to make some room. I have to scratch away some, some of the clients. Yeah. That what did great you fit? Yeah. What did you do then? Because you, you noticed, okay, I'm, yeah. 
going in the wrong direction, mm -hmm. moving towards potentially a burnout. Mm -hmm. What were the, the steps that you took then to optimize your client portfolio? I'm really a guy that just grabs a hammer, a sledgehammer. <laughs> I guess you've you've seen this in yeah, true. <laughs> my last yeah. holiday. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. sometimes I have these these moments where I just grab like a big sledgehammer. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is I'm going the wrong direction. I have to I have to destruct some some so parts of my business. It's funny because we, we you well actually you call yourself Bob the Builder because you, <laughs> yeah. you are you are our, our product builder, but yeah. you're also Bob the Destroyer. <laughs> oh yeah, I am, I am, yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah. Something in my mind just just breaks. I'm like, mm. fuck this. I'm just going to make something. I'm just going to make the switch right now. And that's when I just <laughs> yeah ended contracts with like three or four of my bigger clients yeah. that I didn't have great fit with. Yeah. And they were like, okay, no problem. Mm. Thanks for referring us to another specialist. We will work it out. Yeah. And I was I was <laughs> not like, okay, I'm going to stop today yeah, because yeah. I cannot take it anymore. Yeah. I was like, this is my plan. I would like to and the contract mm -hmm. uh, with you. Here are some options that you can consider. Yeah. I'm. I will give you the a reasonable time to to find someone else. And so the account is basically getting the attention it deserves, yeah. and that worked wonders, I think, for the client, but also for me. So yeah. that really gave me. I think I had like two or three of these moments in the past, and they just give you instant headspace, mm -hmm. like instant. The the next day you're like, oh, I, I should have done this. Yeah. Half a year, a year earlier. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So looking at the the back to the consultative selling because you also did this, and I'm looking at our our, our notes. Yeah. How did you create your your plans? You also started with an audit. Yeah, same uh, thing. How did you sold people on these plans? Yeah, also same. I people reach out to me because I I'm doing inbound, focusing on inbound, so providing a lot of value on LinkedIn, showing my my skill set mm -hmm. and my my expertise and my experience. And then, yeah, they reach out and I usually start off with an audit. Mm -hmm. It's not always a complete audit because audits, if you do a full entire audit, it can really take you like two days yeah. of work. Yeah. But I do like a condensed version where I look at the most important things. And you, if you get some experience in Google ads, you will quickly see what the status is of yeah, an account. Yeah, and where you, know, you can improve. Where you can improve. Like quite you look, quickly. Exactly. You look at the campaign structure, conversion tracking, then you usually already find a few things. Mm -hmm. And then I put that in the, in the in the audit, in the presentation, and then I get on a call with the client to, do, to discuss it, to mm -hmm. present it to them. And then if they like it, then we move on to how we can work together. And then we decide on, okay, how many hours do I think that I need? Okay, then we start to think about the, the fee. Mm -hmm. And I used to always work with hourly fee. But now the last clients that I've worked with is, is a combination of fixed fee plus percentage of spend so that I can grow with them. Mm -hmm. And all clients that I would work with in the future is also that way. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm definitely not against hourly rates. I see some people hating on, on it, but... Yeah. It's not really scalable, but it's not scalable, let's, let's be but honest. If you, if you can create an invoice of 40 hours a week, yeah, and you, and you can ask one twenty-five. Yeah, that's, uh, that's come crazy. on. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> yeah. even if even if it's sixty euros per hour, I yeah. started at fifty. It's still four times the money you make in agency. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So uh, no, I, I, that's that's how I how I did it. And um, so so did you also work with terms and conditions in your? Not really. Proposals? Probably I should have probably done that more. But yeah. I I just sent them sort of like a freelance agreement. Yeah, that's the min the bare minimum legally what you need to do. Sometimes I didn't even do it because I was just like. Let's just, let's just go, let's just work. And <laughs> yeah. some, maybe that was a little bit too much on built on trust. Yeah. Uh, Tell something about your risk management. Yeah, true, <laughs> true, true. Yeah. 
But uh, no, I, I never really had contracts in terms of minimum amount of time or anything like that. Uh, I was I was never into that. And in the agreement, it was just only like the price. And yeah, of course, like if if somebody wanted to stop, then we had like a few days of yeah. maybe a week or so of of a term that we needed to to for a handover or something. But mm -hmm. I never really did anything like that. Did you did you encounter any any problems in your freelance period, legal wise? Only you, one where, time where, where you thought, oh, this is. This is basically where I needed my T and T and C. Yeah, for. only one time yeah. a guy didn't pay me, and mm. that was that was really painful. In the end, all, all worked money. out. Yeah, I think it was like total of seven k or so. Oh wow, yeah, that, that was a lot. Yeah. yeah, it's not like fifty euros or five hundred euros or something. So it was a lot of money. I've been scammed twice as well. Scammed? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what happened? Yeah, I was hired by a really really weird eco web shop that was. Kind of weird. They also did some 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 hemp, hemp, hemp. hemp. Yeah, yeah, they did some yeah. some some hemp stuff mm -hmm. where they sold droplets and some some food substitution mm. stuff. And it was really a well, a vegan based niche web shop. Mm. They were quite early in their move. They started out, I guess, four years ago, and they came in from my Google Ads campaign that I was running back then. They worked wonders for me. Mm. In case the listeners might interest them. I paid like 200, 250 euros per lead. I had a close rate of, I guess, 60%. Mm -hmm. So, well, uh, a sale cost me like 400, 450 euros, mm -hmm. completely fine. And they also came in from this Google Ads search campaign. And I went to Utrecht where they were based. And well, they, they seemed okay. So they just needed help on the spot setting up the campaigns because they had some problems with their revenues. And basically, I already saw red flags because the CEO and the man management also, well, were involved in every single mm. meeting yeah. and they really wanted to know every single detail, mm. every single metric, mm -hmm. what we could, could improve upon. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, was, I was beginning. I was still yeah. a noob yeah. in the freelancing <laughs> world. world. So, so, so yeah, naive. So I, I didn't see that happening, but I went there for, I think, maybe eight times oh. spread over two, three months. So the first invoice was mm, two and a half K, somewhat mm. like that. And as I, I always send my invoices after yeah. the work has been completed. Mm -hmm. And then I usually just, just use a payment term of 14 days or 30 days. And I guess this one was on for 14 days. So after six, six weeks, mm. basically the, the, the first six weeks are basically risk because you invoice yeah. afterwards and yeah. then you have to payment the payment terms yeah so if a client doesn't pay or yeah. doesn't want to pay the sixth the, the first six weeks are just mm. gone yeah. in terms of investment True. of your time so after two months i started to worry hey this invoice isn't getting paid mm. and i wasn't able to to contact them uh, by phone by email mm. they ignored me um and i went to the the office a few more times three four more times they were already acting a little bit, well, weird. Yeah. Management was already dropping off, sitting in the back. I was a little bit ignored. So that's when I felt, hey, something is wrong here. Mm. So yeah, these invoices, they, they eventually they weren't paid. No. No, oh. they weren't paid. Even if I had, even when I had great terms and conditions, yeah. I also put a lawyer on it. But yeah. It also cost me money. Yeah, I guess yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it cost me eight hundred euros. Yeah, to, exactly. To 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 well to for them to grab my yeah. money. 
but yeah, they didn't open the door. They didn't, they didn't answer the phone. So basically I lost about 4Ks, 4K in money yeah. uh, in revenue and Time. then 800 euros for the, for the legal fees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a big, Gee. big fuck up. Yep. And also another client that basically just, just went broke. Really? And they were like, yeah, sorry, but I, we, we, we really can't, can't pay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was a really high invoice. I guess it was like eight or nine K. Jeez. Yeah. And that's when we first bought our house oh, and, yeah. and I really needed really the, money. the money. Yeah. So that's when I freaked out a little bit mm. and I told to, to myself, okay, this is the point where I'm yeah. going to transition from a few clients mm. that are like 80% part yeah. of my portfolio yeah. to a mixed bag mm. of high value clients and a few more of the lower value clients. Mm. So I told to myself, I do not want to risk my invoices not getting paid or at least <laughs> half of it not, not getting paid. Yeah. So if I basically create a big portfolio of different clients in different niches, verticals, it would be okay. Mm. And it really, really give me some financial rest. Yeah. 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 And speaking of a diversified portfolio mm -hmm. of clients, you said different verticals. Yeah. So you've always worked with different types of clients, lead yeah. gen, e-com, yeah. B2B, uh, B2B, B2B, B2C. That was also deliberate decision, a conscious decision or yes. it's just like, yeah. 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 So of course I really like every Google ad specialist has, has, has feeling for yeah. e-commerce or lead gen mm -hmm. or B2C or B2B. I really like uh, lead gen, yeah. especially B2C lead gen. Yeah. So that's where I focused on mainly, but I managed to get clients in different verticals mm -hmm. from gardeners to driving schools mm -hmm. to, well, every different, different business types essentially. But I also had the B2B SaaS yeah. and the yeah. e-com clients mm -hmm. just to, to hop in some diversification, yeah. but also because I found it nice to see other, the other parts of Google ads instead mm -hmm. of just running bottom of the funnel search yeah. campaigns, yeah. you know? So I really enjoyed running shopping, later mm. smart shopping, yeah. later PMAX for these types of yeah. clients as well. And it's nice because then your skill set grows as yeah. well, right? Yeah. yeah. So it really helped when I later transitioned to part-time coaching, but also mm. the educational products yeah. that, that we make together nowadays, yeah, yeah, yeah. that we have this big, broad mm -hmm. knowledge base of yeah. every single vertical and client type. Yeah. Yeah, possible. Nice. Yeah. And yeah, I think, I think this was really nice because we definitely spoke about our stories when, mm -hmm. when it comes to acquisition and getting clients. Yeah. But I think we can also take it one step further and, and talk about how we make sure that the clients stay on board. Yeah. And they um, do not run away. And they don't run away. <laughs> exactly. Because that's yeah. in the end, as a freelancer, the, the, that's why I like Google ads is because yeah. it's always on. It's in theory, it's never ending. Mm -hmm. And therefore, if you get a client, then there's a really big chance that they will stay with you for a long time. Yeah. Unless for a couple of years. For a couple of years. Least, yeah. Unless they in-house or 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 stop or yeah. whatever. There are reasons, of course, why you would stop working with, with the mm -hmm. client. But if they are okay with you as a freelancer, then yeah, there's no reason why you cannot work with them for two, three, four, five years. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that's interesting to to jump on in the next episode. Yeah. So for everybody listening, that was the the end of this episode. We want to ask you to like and subscribe, <laughs> then leave a review and share it with with your colleagues and other people in uh, in the PPC space. Yeah, uh, that would be really cool to us. And then we'll be back next week with an episode on how, how to, retain, to clients. retain clients, which yeah. is I think going to be an interesting one as well. And uh, yeah, if you have any feedback for us, just send us a DM. We're also setting up a page where you can find everything about the podcast and where you can send in questions. Mm -hmm. But that's going to come. Uh, we'll we'll announce that a bit later. 
So for now, thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode next week. See you in the next episode. Peace. Ciao.